Hey everyone, welcome to the Sliving with Sickle Cell podcast. My name is Barbara Biosa and I am a sickle cell warrior, CEO and fashion designer of luxury women's wear clothing brand Dimabai and founder of the Gideon's Treasure Foundation and I am your host today. From the Queen Paris Hilton, sliving means slaying and living your best life. We all deserve to do this. I'm here to bring you all the fabulous tales, the struggles and the triumphs of living with sickle cell anemia and running a business with a disability. There has been many highs and many lows, but I think it's important to share your stories and journey. We will be discussing some important topics and inviting some amazing guest speakers to share their experiences and their journey. This podcast is dedicated to help spread awareness of sickle cell anemia, uplift and build a community of ambitious people who may have a physical or emotional challenges that make being an entrepreneur or following your dreams that much harder. Hello, I'm joined with the lovely Sharon. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm well, thank you. How are you? Great. I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited um, to get to know you more and your incredible journey. Um, Please start by telling me a bit about yourself, your background and your upbringing. Oh, well, first I want to say like, Barbara, thank you for having me on here. Um, when When I saw your DM, I was like, I mean, this is an opportunity to at least just (laughs) spread more awareness about sickle cell and just like get people to understand the cause and the reasonings behind a lot of the things that I do. So um, Mm -hmm. my name is Sharon Brown-Peter. I I have sickle cell and I also run Mm -hmm. an organization called Cells of a Generation Initiative, uh, which is a charity Mm -hmm. in Nigeria, but also a um, community interest company here in the UK um, so what we do is basically spread awareness about sickle cell and just champion voices oh that's amazing and I, I saw your page and I really love the incredible content that you share and everything how it's so engaging and just really using your platform to spread awareness because I think it's so important like there's so many people who still don't, still don't know and you're just like what like yeah so there's a lot of people that don't know much and I think it's because there it's it's really interesting that there are so many mm-hmm. organizations that champion sickle cell but there are mm-hmm. it's like a, such a small group of people yeah yeah there's such a small group of people that um it's hard for that that information to disseminate to like the general public if that makes sense yeah because I know like growing up and even like so I'm in the fashion industry and like so many I haven't really met anyone else since like where it's whether it's an internship whether I'm working with models or stuff like that and I haven't really met anyone who's been like oh I have sickle cell too but Mm -hmm. like now with social media I'm able to find other warriors around the world who are you know in modeling and fashion and all this and it's so incredible because you're like wow like we are we actually like everywhere and we're doing such incredible stuff exactly the more because the thing about sickle cell is like it's such an isolating condition Mm you feel like going through it alone no one really understands you and the biggest joke is that we can't see sickle cell from the outside Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's really hard to explain to people. Um, but the moment you seek that community, you'll you'll be surprised to find like there's so many people who are going through the same thing, and there's they have a, a lot of knowledge and wisdom to share. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, thank you for sharing. So, were you where were you born, and how did when were you diagnosed with sickle cell? Um, so I was born here in the UK, and mm-hmm. I was also diagnosed when I was in the womb <laughs> so ah, when, okay. yeah when my mom was five months pregnant she, um, she, okay. found out, she found out that I had sickle cell and I think that's a normal procedure here in the in in the UK where um women women are checked for black women especially are checked oh. for different types of conditions and yes yeah, she, she had hers while she was pregnant 
Oh, that's so interesting because I wasn't, I don't think I was diagnosed when I was like four. So I've of course had it when I was like born, but there was no symptoms. And I guess like they didn't check. Um, but I'm, I know it's so different for people because I, I guess like was this, people are more aware and yeah. Was this here in the UK or? Yeah. yeah. So I was born in the UK um, yeah. and in the nineties. So I don't know. <laughs> I guess I guess it's because you know my my mom she she was going to frequent like um, clinic appointments um and you know there's like a list of things that the NHS are supposed to check I guess this is 1996 Mm -hmm. so I you know a lot lot (laughs) has happened since then but I do know it's a standard procedure but there isn't much of of a procedure for people who are AS, which is really interesting. They don't oh, check for people who are okay, AS. yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And in what way do you think your upbringing impacted the way you handle your sickle cell? Well, I've spoken about this before in a documentary series that I did on, on YouTube. And mm-hmm. I actually had this conversation with my mom and I told her that my health has been greatly impacted by how she approached sickle cell growing up. She That's she good. had she had a lot of um, focus groups that she would attend in with the hospital mm-hmm. North Mid, North Mid Hospital. Um, she oh, would yeah, <laughs> she knew all the she knew all the pain medications that I needed to take penicillin and folic acid. Mm-hmm. And she was religious with it. She made sure I had everything yeah. I did every single day. And even despite mm-hmm. when I had started having my pain episodes, which was around two, um, I mm-hmm. think it it she, the way she approached it just helped me understand that my life doesn't have to be so different. It, it may look different, but I can still mm-hmm. achieve way more. I can still achieve as much as I want to. As I love as that, I yeah. Myself, as long as I look after myself, as long as I know how to look after myself, and that's why yes. for even tomorrow, even if even till tomorrow, if I have a pain crisis, I know exactly what caused mm-hmm. it and I know how to treat it. I can oh even tell. Yes, I can even tell the doctors. <laughs> I can tell the doctors yeah. what they want with me, why I'm having this crisis, and what they should do about it. If any doctor, if I go to any doctor right now, mm-hmm. for example, I moved to to Kent to recent last year mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the the doctors around here aren't really familiar with sickle cell but I was mm, able to tell yeah. them I was able to tell them what to do in every in, yeah. in every situation that I've been in I haven't been in hospital since September but before then yeah. I was definitely very aware of what was going on around me and I think that's a very, very important factor for everybody yeah you know definitely and I think we have like similar upbringings as well because my mom also she was very much like on it. She did her dissertation at university. She would yeah. find herbalistic or like you know vitamins to take. And what you said yeah. about the triggers, I'm always like trying to advocate about knowing your triggers. What triggers your body? Like exactly. mine is specifically menstrual my menstrual cycle. So around okay. that period, I'm like really kind of fragile, and I try not to do certain things or go out in the cold or do this. Yeah. So it's so important, like, and I love like seeing because it's like there's so many different sickle cell affects people in different ways, but really I do really believe about like li- when you listen to your body and knowing what are your triggers, knowing what you need to take, and that it does make a, a big impact, and it's made an impact of me, and I love that also it's made an impact in your life and how you manage your sickle cell as well. Yeah, I I think that it's really really important to know your triggers mm. I mean even me too sometimes I feel extremely weak during mm. my period but I realize that the underlying cause is because the I, blood the blood is literally mm. leaving my body yeah and you know I times 10 the amount of water I take around that time you know like yeah. just just making sure that I'm okay and I'm doing yeah. my part because sometimes sickle cell can flare up and you know what can you do but I think mm-hmm. the, the ball a lot of the time is in our court, um, especially, yeah. for me, especially for me. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I love that. So what would you say some of the major challenges that you faced with sickle cell and how you've overcome it? 
Hmm. The main challenges, <sighs> you know, it's it's funny. I think sickle cell has many challenges. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. I think it has many challenges, and I think that you know, as it's one one of the biggest things which I think is funny is going from a teen to an adult because mm, yes yeah because as a teen you know your parents follow you to your hospital appointments you are mm-hmm. you know everyone's guiding you on what to do um yeah and you're you're like you're, you're not really in control but the moment you become an adult you know you're no longer in the pediatric part of hospital <laughs> so there's a lot of there's a lot of responsibility on you to yeah you know make sure you're healthy and like mm-hmm. um I found that really challenging especially when I got to uni yeah uni is a whole world on its own and you are in control of your own life in uni you you're yeah, you're so yeah. True. you can you in uni you can say oh I have this ambition to fulfill this degree but there's so much that you need to take into consideration mm-hmm. like it, if I'm feeling if I'm feeling sick, do I go to this party? Yeah. <laughs> do I go to this party or do I just stay at home, sit my ass at home? Do I, you know, do I socialize or do I just like take take it back a little? And I think it's that balance, and then also just, um, you know, negotiating with my lecturers, understanding understanding that aspect <laughs> of life, like oh look. Yeah. I, I've been sick before this deadline. I need an extension. And being yeah. very careful about things like that. But that was like the lessons I learned in uni because it helped me um, advocate for myself more. Yeah. I realized, I realized, oh, wait, not everyone understands what I'm going through. Not, yeah, it's I mean, true. Yeah, because in, in secondary school and, you know, primary school, my mom was talking to the teachers and being like, hey, she has this condition mm, yeah. and even without my knowledge just sometimes so yeah. going into uni it's like she's not going to talk to anyone she's not gonna yeah it has to be you it has yeah. To be. yeah so yeah just just having that having that autonomy over your life and even like down to choosing your career path I know that's mm. uh, has some a lot of it causes a lot of issues for a lot of people because yeah you can't sometimes it feels like you can't have the conventional career hmm. um going to work every day traveling yeah years, um being in the cold those kind of things like dictate everything it sticks yeah. out just a lot of things in people's lives so it's true yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I completely relate with the communication thing. Like you have to just get to that stage where you you're explaining to almost everyone you meet because a friend you meet, you never know when you're out and something you can get a trigger, um, a sick, a crisis. So you're like, okay, I need to. This person needs to be aware beforehand. The teachers yeah. and stuff. So definitely on that point about like the transition from you know teenager to adulthood and really kind of taking charge yeah. and then also with workplace is like I think that was one of the things for me because I always found like when I did internships or work for another company there was always that sense of unreliability like I could just wake up in the morning and I, next minute I have to cancel and I can't come in and always having issues because they never really understood they didn't know what sickle cell was and when they did see me I looked fine so it's just yeah. like always that kind of working now working for myself and starting my own business has helped a lot because now I can manage the time I can work from home I can I have that extra help and stuff like that and I do think like it does help a lot with um, just the management because you can work on your body schedule as well (laughs) without like yeah disappointing people (laughs) yeah I think that's the hardest part disappointing people (laughs) yeah because you, you you can't help it but yeah they also don't really understand that like sickle cell is one of the hardest things a human being can actually go through. Yeah. And that's just the truth. And it, like explaining it to you is one side of things. Like, yeah. Then you actually understanding it is a whole different thing. And yeah. Yeah. And that's where, that's where I guess like advocacy, advocacy helps because. Yeah, definitely. Even if it 
even if it reaches like some of your colleagues, they they would at mm-hmm. least like like my my colleagues follow me on Instagram and they know that I'm talking about Sixo all the time. But <laughs> yeah, even with they- that, even with that, they get an understanding of oh, like this is what she's been going yeah. through. This is mm-hmm. why maybe yeah. someday she's not able to come in, or this is why you know like yeah, it helps. it's true. It helps. Definitely. Tell us about your organization, Cells of Generation, and how it all started. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, for the most part, Cells of a Generation was really about spreading awareness. And um, I felt like, from a young age, actually, I felt like we, people with sickle cell, were just not seen or heard. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, I my favorite thing to do growing up was like buy was buy to buy a magazine and you know look at what's yeah. happening <laughs> with like the Backstreet Boys. Or I don't know if they were like S S Club Seven. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like I wanted to know. I wanted to know what was happening and even like watching Disney, watching mm-hmm. all these like mainstream um, shows and different forms of media. And yeah. I literally just could not. I couldn't find myself and Mm. I I think that's why I was I was a little bit obsessed with like even reading like reading books yeah I wanted to know if there were other people that felt like me right yeah and and the the big word around town now is representation right (laughs) yeah but I, I I am like I just feel like you cannot talk about black women representation without talking about black women with disabilities mm-hmm. and I think yeah. that's what is lacking a lot yeah. of discourse around so around that that topic um so when I started cells of generation we just wanted people with sickle cell to feel seen and feel heard mm-hmm. yeah so that started with our comic book so we we I I wrote, I wrote a comic book and I had a, I had a partner design mm. it. Um, That's cool. We distributed this for free to schools and clinics and NGOs oh, around around Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Uh, then even from our our web series on on mm-hmm. YouTube, we literally interviewed so many people um, from wow. NGO founders to mm-hmm. um, people. Um, people with sickle cell who live alone and what their experience is like mm-hmm. to, yeah. to um, you know, people who are in the medical field. You know, so yeah. many, so many people um, we've come in contact with who just, we just wanted them to like be heard. Yeah. And like, they're kind of like a, what is their mission statement basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we widened our audience by talking about blood donations because, mm-hmm. um, Blood donation is really important part of um, sickle cell. Um, yeah, some of us require um, transfusions quite often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that is our focus this this year. But we've also kind of implemented so, um, something called Coag News. So mm. Coag News is basically just sharing what is happening. What is yeah. the community doing? And it, I think for me, especially when I find these news stories, mm-hmm. it brings hope to me because yeah. it feels like, oh, not only am I not alone, but I'm actually, mm-hmm. I'm, I am being heard because there are scientists, yeah. there are scientists working on um, new ways to transfuse. There are, yeah. um, there are governments that are, are trying to work on sickle cell through policy. Mm-hmm. There are people who are um, who have done gene editing and oh, are yeah. sharing their success with that mm-hmm. kind of treatment. There are just so many stories out there and even like success stories of people trying to spread awareness or even just people with sickle cell being in their element. I, um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like just just thriving in their careers and what they're doing yeah. with that and and just having that representation alone matters to mm-hmm. someone. So I just made it a point of contention to always share as much as possible. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Around like or, on all our platforms, just so that people 
can come to us and be like, okay, mm-hmm. like this is what's happening. This is not on mainstream yeah. news. And yeah. my, my my main my actual career is in news. So mm-hmm. I think it's just like a knowledge the knowledge that I have from that that I've just implemented into um cells of a generation now that I just think is really helping us and really growing up growing our platform. Yeah. And I love it. And I I love, I can see how passionate you are about it. And I love that you're able to do something that you're passionate about. Like you mentioned with the TV and the film um, industry and implement that in and be able to spread awareness on something that is kind of hidden or not as known in the world. So yeah. definitely so, um, so inspiring and so great. So um, talking more about your passions, um, could you tell me more about that? Like what what kind of hobbies, what kind of passions, excitements that you have and how they kind of help manage your sickle cell? Okay, well, I mean, for me, I think my passions ebb and flow, but obviously I think one thing that's been a huge passion from, of mine is just media, like just working within the media mm-hmm. industry. And I've implemented that in everything that I do. <laughs> from from my <laughs> career to my organization um yeah down to like some things that I just do for fun like um mm-hmm. I moved back to the UK last year um mm-hmm. to to start a new career and I thought that was amazing for me but I realized that I had lost a lot of my um hobbies uh which was like uh, you know going to concerts intimate concerts and like you know <laughs> um like going go, going to like classes like little class, workshop classes I think I was just oh, so yeah but I lost a lot of that and even down to reading I just I couldn't get my mind to sit down yeah just, like, so sometimes you have this you have those times where you're like you're you have a full life but other times it's just like because you're building those things are kind of yeah oh my god yeah, those things I can definitely like, relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. So um right now I, I've I've just kind of I'm trying I'm slowly getting back to what I used to enjoy. I loved improv actually when um when I was in a region. Oh, nice. I loved, yeah, <laughs> I loved actually like um hosting events like improv or, or and I was mm, growing that's really to be, cool. like a part of like improv, like actually being into improv comedy. Um Oh, but, I love like, that. I'd love to I see know, something. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It, it's really fun. It builds, it builds your confidence. It's yeah. like, and, and the cool thing is like, you're literally allowed to be silly. You're allowed to be like, just yeah. one of like a bunch of people. You're just allowed to be silly. And I think it just works for when you're trying to loosen up and yeah. you know, get to know yourself as well. Um, yeah. yeah. So I guess those are my hobbies. Um, I don't, I try not to do things that are, that exhaust me. Um, I don't really Mm -hmm. go clubbing as much. I don't go, Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not a full on dancer. And it's not that I can't do those things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not that I can't do those things. You're like, I can dance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't dance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know how to dance, but if I wanted to, I could. (laughs) I just find it, I don't know if you, you know, it's just like, um, sometimes you just don't want to rock the boat. (laughs) Yeah. In moderation and when you feel, yeah. Exactly. A celebration of birthday, something, yeah. Exactly. And, And the truth is, like, I feel like as I get older, I'm more tired. <laughs> That's yeah. What, yeah, I look at all that my birthday is in a few weeks, and I'm just like, oh. yeah. But the the twenty year old Sharon would have like probably gone clubbing or done something, yeah. <laughs> gone for like a really nice dinner, you know, whatever. Mm. But now I'm like in a peaceful solitude. <laughs> and I'm like I just yeah. want to chill out I just want to chill out <laughs> yeah. um, just do something I like like read a book or yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do a family you know blow out candles and just call it a day <laughs> but that's, oh, that's, that's cute I am such an introvert 
I'm, and so I, I just do interior things. I love watching shows. Um, yeah. Right now I'm watching Scandal again. Oh my God. My sister's rewatching Scandal. That's so funny. She actually started. Like, honestly, I don't know what it is. I think we need another show like Scandal if we're watching yeah, Scandal. Yeah, it was like, really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good show. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm watching. Well, it's not on Netflix, but you know, like the Power series, but the one like oh, called Ghost with, the, yeah. with his son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we started watching that, which is quite interesting. And then the usual Love is Blind or stuff on it. <laughs> Love is Blind is doing my head in right now. <laughs> that reunion was just not good. It, you didn't get the juicy details. <laughs> Terrible. I'm so disappointed. And it's annoying because because I'm I I have a TV background. Oh, my, so my perspective like, is not necessarily like, oh, why didn't they cover this? It's more like Yeah. There's so many things you can do for a live show mm. for it not to fail. And they just didn't they they didn't understand <laughs> that. And and you you're know, like, all oh, the money they put into it. And it's still, exactly. it was like... Exactly. <laughs> it, felt, it felt like there wasn't a lot of um, preparation. I mm. think they should have brought in, like, maybe a consultant from news or, or some uh, or consultant that do- actually does live. Maybe they did. Mm. Maybe they did. But, <laughs> but there's so many things you can do. You can pre-record a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And... Like, and yeah, just even like even like introducing if there's an, a live audience there, surely they could have allowed some of the audience to ask questions. Even if yeah. they, pick, oh, that would even be if good. They yeah, pick the audience, even if they pick the audience members beforehand, like oh, you're gonna ask this question, you're gonna <laughs> ask that question, they can still do yeah, that. And yeah, it's true. You know, because it just feels like the if the audience, I. I I'm sorry to go on this tangent, but <laughs> I love it. I can see your creative film and TV mind like at work. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if the audience are not happy, this is the third time. The whole everyone saying now they're not happy with this reunion. If they're not happy with this reunion, something has to change. But they literally just did yeah. the same thing. They did the same thing just with the live audience, and then it wasn't even live, and then. It was late, and yeah, just, yeah. You're like, no, just no. <laughs> Speaking on that, your passion for film and TV. What exciting projects that you're working on or well, collaborating? I don't with? know how exciting news is, but I work in news. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I work in news, um, and I, I do, I love, I love how news operates. I, I just think it's mm-hmm. just it's high energy there's a lot happening yeah. every single day um I, I freelance because it allows mm-hmm. me to choose my time so oh that's um, good yeah I can, work, I can work on cells of the generation I can also mm-hmm. work on other projects so apart yeah. from apart from working on, on news like sometimes I do get projects here and there about like you know mm-hmm. for consulting uh, like oh, and that's nice. one of my favorite. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to do. I love, <laughs> I love to consult for for projects that are bringing on characters with sickle cell. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Mean, it's, it's such yeah, a, it's such a good like job. Honestly, like last yeah, last, it sounds like, good. <laughs> last year, I was I was brought on for a project for BBC Three, and mm-hmm. wow. they, they are working on a they're working on a program where like one of the characters has sickle cell. They built mm-hmm. a whole, they built a whole um, hospital. Wow. Yeah. And that's incredible. I, and I'm so yeah. happy that they're doing that. Like exactly. And I have yeah. to, and it's not, it, the whole show isn't about sickle cell, but just having that representation. But just having, yeah, a character or something. They built the, the, built the hospital and my whole, my job was basically to tell them how, the crisis manifests itself from mm-hmm. how it starts yeah. to what happens in the hospital to how she recovers and how long oh, she that's good yeah hospital, things like that um that was and, really interesting that was really interesting for me and I I am honestly scouting for more projects like that because yeah. um, I even I want to challenge more people to have projects like that yeah I think and it, 
I think having having a character of six off brings more depth to any story. Yeah. And then it also brings more awareness because the more people see and people talk about it on like normal shows, everyday shows that's not just focused on sickle cell would actually help with the awareness. And I um, actually well done for like BBC three for actually um, bringing in someone with sickle cell to consult, not just like Googling and just finding or something like that, but actually bringing you on. And yeah, yeah, they could have done that, but it would have, been a misrepresentation because yeah you can, can sit there and say oh like I've I've read online that people with sickle cell aren't allowed to wear socks because um oh so people will come. <laughs> exactly so that comes up in people will come for them yeah exactly and everyone will be like excuse me <laughs> <laughs> they'd have to cut out the scene like oh <laughs> Yeah, it's not exactly. I mean, that's 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 a true story. Like someone (laughs) did tell me because I've done done this. I've done that job twice. So I've done it for a film that was in Nigeria. It was like a psychological thriller. Mm -hmm. Um, That sounds cool. You know, even even going into um, they were talking about the the hospital scene and talking about Mm -hmm. all the doctors' recommendations was. Um, was a bone marrow transplant for a crisis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, and for an adult. <laughs> let, 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 let's go back. Yeah, let's wait, wait, wait. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, so it, obviously, like a lot of things can be misconstrued online. So it's better to have a consultant yeah. there so that you can know exactly what a crisis is like from beginning. Yeah, and um. Another thing that I'm working on this year is mm-hmm. um, my my comic book. So, oh. what what was amazing about this year is that uh, the NHS Blood and Transplant we uh, had mm-hmm. a grant program for communities, and we were able to receive mm-hmm. a grant to create another comic wow. book. So this one, this one oh. will cover. Congratulations! Thank you. <laughs> this so will cool. cover a lot for us and help yeah. us bring it. Um, more just more storytelling more awareness more yeah knowledge. and yeah that's the aim of the game and I, I love that like I really I'm like send me the links I need to see this comic book I love seeing like creative stuff and like I, I feel like a, there's quite a few people with sickle cell or they've had challenges and struggles and writing is such a, a big outlet for them do you yeah. think with the comic book it's kind of like like a great out, outlook for you, outlet for you, sorry. It is. And it's so interesting because before making my first comic book, I was not a comic mm-hmm. book person. I I hadn't read any Marvel. I, I watched the films. <laughs> I watched the films, but I was uh-huh. never really. But then I just thought, like, especially from where, where I'm coming from, in Nigeria, mm-hmm. you know, literacy, reading, it, it, it we obviously we are very smart people but the people that I was trying yeah. to the people I was trying to get to they're not he- reading the 300 page novels a mm, lot often. yeah and um in my head I was thinking what is the quick and easiest way to get a message across mm-hmm. with something that yeah. is seemingly as complicated as sickle cell and I thought, yeah. if, if visually people can see it, it mm-hmm. just makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. And even if it's not, even if it's not like a, a video or anything like that, like mm-hmm. it's just, just having it on paper, like, oh, like this comic, this comic shows yeah. exactly what it is, what, yeah. um, what causes it. And it's just fun. I also mm-hmm. think bringing that yeah. fun. Because, and innovative. Thank you. But. Yeah, I that, yeah, I think it's. <laughs> I noticed that sickle cell has um has a lot of hopelessness surrounding it. I have a friend. Mm, yeah. I have a friend that blocked me because I remind her too much of um her health. Wait, you had a friend that did what? That blocks me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? And I don't talk about sickle cell often, but just the fact that, like, at the time when I started my my organization i was talking about it a lot and she literally blocked me yeah it, it was uncomfortable so did she have sickle cell or? yeah she has sickle cell but it was uncomfortable for her to be reminded <sighs> about 
the pain. But what you're sending out is positive. Yeah, like, but uh, the, the, the whole, like, I think the whole, the, just the thought of sickle cell brings a lot of contention to a lot of people. And I'm, mm. I, I wanted to change that because at the end of the day, like, it really is a management thing. It is. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen very, very healthy people with success. That not SC, SS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are very, very, very healthy who are able to, you know, um, go through life without major issues because they know how to manage. Yeah. Them. And I think, I think it's so yeah. helpful for a lot of people. Oh, and just knowing how to accommodate the various lifestyle differences. Yeah. Like everyone else. Yeah, it's so true. It's so, and I, I do. I, well, I don't understand the blocking because I think that's a bit extreme. But I do I understand in sense of like. Um, so I remember you when I started. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I um I started following this Facebook page because I wanted mm. to because I didn't really share as much before, and then mm. I created the foundation um in 2021, and I just felt like it was so good in terms of because I realized in the fashion industry. Not, it's such a influential industry. So if I'm doing stuff with my business and using my platform to kind of share that, it's a great way of building an awareness in somewhere that's not typically, people exactly. don't really talk about it. So that's why I, I kind of started it. But I remember when I joined some Facebook pages and a lot of the content was like, rest in peace, this person and rest in, and to be honest, you don't really, I, I think I unfollowed at one point because I kept just seeing too many like deaths and stuff. And that kind of did make me feel a bit like, oh, like I, I want to like, yeah. obviously we have to highlight the bad side as well. So people understand the seriousness, but yeah. I think for me, it's always about finding purpose for your pain and finding ways to manage and bringing joy out of it. So I'm kind of trying to be more positive and like, okay, we have this condition, but what can we do to have a, a quality of life, a great quality of life and yeah. thrive in it. That's why even the the, um, the podcast is called Sliving, which means like slaying and living your best life because it's meant Are to be so like, there's ways to kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. So it's that kind of concept of like seeing more positivity, but also highlighting it by allowing people to talk about, okay, I do have these challenges, but this is how I've overcome them and how I manage it. And as opposed to just like seeing death everywhere. Exactly. It's so uncomfortable. I mean, I don't know if you were given a life expectancy growing up, but I always But I've seen a book. There was a science book that said 21. Exactly. Some people have five, some people have 11. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like it, it's just, there's a lot of negative, and especially because yeah. you can look at me and you think, oh, I'm perfectly fine. But you would never know that, mm. oh, I had pain yesterday, or, um, yeah. or like I have a surgery. My wrists are hurting right now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I have a surgery. <laughs> I literally, I actually do have a surgery on Friday and I'm going through those emotions oh, and I'm going through, yeah. and I'm going through challenges but at the same time I'm trying to live my daily life it's yeah it's it's really hard you're literally battling through two things and so sometimes it's like a it's a double-edged sword some people think oh like the sickle cell uh, sickle cell has so much negative uh, news around it but also there are some people that want that negative news to push (laughs) up So it's like, look, at the end of the yeah. day, I, I don't want, I don't, I don't want sickle cell to be seen as a negative thing anymore. I, yeah. I, I really don't because we have medical science that has helped us tremendously um, to live yeah. longer, to live better lives. So yeah, why am I now, why am I still putting myself in a category of negativity, even though like, yes, I do experience pain, but I know what to do. And I know how it goes. And yeah, I know yeah. I know how to manage, like yeah. Exactly. So I am going to plan for when I'm better. I'm going yeah, to plan. Yeah, definitely. This, this, this time that I'm yeah. well is my downtime. And that's okay. I'll have my downtime. Yeah, yeah, I'll exactly. Rest. I'll I'll 
watch Netflix. No, watch Netflix. <laughs> I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever. But when I'm well, is what I'll, I'll utilize that time. It's like it's kind of like yeah, that's you're going through the seasons. Yeah, it's just, just like oh my god, we're so alike. The mindset, <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, it's also, so true. We just know how to manage that better, and it's so interesting that you would realize like people that don't have sickle cell or don't have any conditions mm-hmm. at all don't actually know how to navigate that as well as us so it is a yeah, good it is yeah a there's really some like like positive things that yeah. you can get from it and always exactly. in any kind of bad or yeah there's always because kind of like a silver like, lining or something you exactly I don't know about yeah. you but I don't compare myself as much to people online because no. I've always known yeah. I've always known at the back of my head that like my life is different from theirs and I'm yeah. on my own path they are on their own path there are some people that yeah. can correlate that there are some people that think yeah this person went to the same school as me we grew up in the same area we have the same background yet this person is working at Amazon and I'm working at Starbucks <laughs> across the street what is happening <laughs> there, there are it's, people like that and it's just like you have your journey, you have your path, yeah. and you're in your own lane. You shouldn't be yes. looking at other people's lane. Like you're not in a race with anybody else. And I think that's so important, especially when you have a health condition, because it's like I think sometimes you can put so much pressure and it's just like, you know what? I could literally do nothing all day <laughs> and use yeah. my uh, sickle cell as an excuse or just like, I don't know, like mm-hmm. be like, oh, um, but no, we go out and we do things and we mm-hmm. understand like we're doing our own journey and we're we're doing what we can and that's all that matters and yeah. it's true with social media you can people can really get into that um co- comparison which can be so bad and I'm always just like don't compare yourself with anybody else like focus on you that's your cool. path yeah even like your industry is amazing because I mm-hmm. admire people like Vivian Westwood who ah yeah are, who were literally fashion icons but they also yeah. found a way to like advocate and spread messages yeah, like even that's true even you're like even using design like your mm-hmm. design for sickle cell oh. that's those things are so important because it's it's still oh, a version of representation and <clears throat> having that having that as like I don't know if you trademarked it or patented it or whatever but it it helps because you can share it you you can share it across different um different industries different um organizations yeah it's true that is another way of spreading awareness so these things are so important oh thank you and thank you for sharing um (laughs) that little embroidery video because it's true and I, I specifically did that collection because it was like an inaugural gala and fashion show. And it was really to kind of try and shine a light on mm-hmm. it in an industry where people don't really talk about it. And um, I think that's kind of my mission is like, just to put it in there. Like it doesn't have to be yeah. separate entities, just do yeah. it as in like, okay, I have this business, but I can implement now and again, mm-hmm. different things about sickle cell into it. And that actually yeah. helps. Cause there was one point when I was getting a bit overwhelmed, like you said about like, when you start something and then it can become overwhelming because you're like, okay, I've got this foundation and I've got my business. How can I do both of them? And, and like, yeah. if I only put time on this and then that, and then I, I went to a networking event and I met someone and he basically said to me, Oh, but like, why are you seeing it as like two separate things? Why isn't it just one? Because yeah. like oh, they, all embr- they all embody you. Yeah. And like growing up fashion was really my escape and my hope. And that's how I got so passionate about it. So with that, it's like, it's actually been a part of me for my, uh, for most of my life. So I'm like, it is just one. And if I focus on that, it becomes less overwhelming because I'm like, I'm actually have one purpose. It's not like the business and the foundation or something. It's like, this all kind of represents who I am. Yeah. And kind of finding that balance. And it Mm -hmm. it may be scary when you see like, oh, like no one else is doing this. So how do I know Mm, the success? How do I know? Yeah. How do I know how far this can go? But you never, like, you don't realize that people want that originality. Yeah. People want, people want that originality. They want to, like, see you in whatever you're doing. Yeah. And that is how you can take it as far because that is, like, it's kind of like adding a unique blueprint. 
I didn't see yeah, I didn't see I... any other organization, especially when we were just a charity. Mm-hmm. When we were just a charity, I just saw people posting their projects, posting on Sickle Cell mm-hmm. Awareness Day, posting on yeah, um, oh. yeah, that's posting on their on the people yeah. in the organization, like just basic things. But yeah, yeah. when I decided there is so much that everybody is doing. Yeah. And no one knows about. I mean, you can literally post, you can literally post, oh, we, we gave med- we gave medications of 500 people in an area of the sickle cell and you'll mm-hmm. get like 10 likes. <laughs> you'll get 10, 10 likes on Instagram. And it's just like, okay, I did that. No one's seen it. <laughs> You know, oh, that made me laugh, but it's true. I'm that one person that likes, and I'm like, why hasn't anyone seen this and been like, oh, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. my god, I, I know I've seen so many like pages like that, and you're just like, and you're like, why? This is so important. This is okay. so like it should be, yeah, crickets. I'm just like, okay, but, but and it, it seems so trivial, like ten likes, but that's that equates to represent that like. Sorry, that yeah, and the amount of people see it, yeah, it, yeah, it's a visi- it's a visibility that's important because one thing that's not really spoken about a lot is that sickle cell does not get a lot of funding. Mm, so even yeah. even in the medical field, when they're when they're researching for new um, medications or things like that, the funding is way minimal compared to oh, other 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 diseases and and conditions. Yeah, so. Down to the, um, the NGOs, which I think are possibly like the bedrock of um, sickle cell mm-hmm. sickle cell management today, because yeah. especially in Nigeria, where like you know we don't have a lot of policy, we don't have a lot of yeah, um, we don't have a lot of uh, like you know help from the medical field per se. The, N- yeah. the NGOs are the ones that are gonna go there and help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. spreading the awareness literally going into the grassroots going into the villages talking yeah. to people talking to schools yeah they're the ones that are really championing this but they're a lot of them are doing it on their own money on their own yeah on it's, their, and it's, it's like yeah are you thinking of yourself girl like how are you yeah. yourself so yeah it's it, the visibility is so 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 important so, yeah because it's like okay the more the more numbers the more voices Mm-hmm. have around a topic and that's basically how media works the yeah more, the more voices you have around a topic the more traction it gets yeah yeah exactly yeah so it's if so you have true yeah voices around sickle cell and and I, I've heard one of the main problems that people mm-hmm. have had like policymakers, because I I have um worked in policy in Nigeria for like sickle cell as like representing mm-hmm. generation um and one of the main problems was there's too many, there are too many individual voices for sickle cell, which is uh, interesting. You know, you have so many charities and NGOs and organizations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then not so all So many, of them, I found. Exactly. Yeah. But not all of them have the same um, mandate. So some will mm-hmm. say, some will say like there needs to be this um the government needs to provide a cure for sickle cell for everybody that yeah. is our that is our push but another one would be like yeah we need free medication another one would be like we need um and we we, we can't call sickle cell disease it has to be called a, a disability you know, that's so that's, yeah I, and then I've heard so many things, so many things. A lot of it's not like unified. Yeah, agree on. They say some yeah. like you know people AS and AS people who are AS and AS cannot get married. Mm-hmm. They should not get married. But yeah, I know people in the UK who are of again who don't think that, and the UK in it has actually um, provided options for people who are AS and AS who to have like free IVF if they want to. But would that mean that they can choose the genes that goes well, into the child or? No, so what happens is, you know, IVF is when, you know, you create embryos and then the embryo yeah. that has the, the favorable gene will be Yeah, kept. that's what I was saying. So they yeah, can just take have, both A? 
Yeah, no, so they don't, they're not taking uh. per se. It's like they're creating the embryos and then the, the oh. embryos, the embryos that have the favorable gene, like AA, for example, they will mm-hmm. be kept. The ones that have RSS will be discarded. Oh, so they can actually check the embryos, what yeah. they have, like AAAS. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. so that, mm. that, I mean, that, that's an option. So it's, it's kind of so good. Way, that way, if you fall in love with someone who's AS and yeah, you can't be like, yes. <laughs> Exactly. And your SS, you can actually go through IVF if you want to. But but not I don't think someone with SS because you don't have any A gene to I give. Know, oh, no, okay. Your someone, child will have trait. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the child will have a trait. Oh, okay. That's, that's what someone's done. I I know someone that's that really I met good. That's amazing. That, that did that went through that process. So that yeah. those are the options that provided in the UK. But in Nigeria, for example, they're mm-hmm. totally different. Like you it's human it's against human rights to stop people from getting married it is literally yeah. against human yeah. rights to stop people from getting yeah. married so you can't say you as an as cannot get married to another person that's as you can take them through counseling mm-hmm. you can take them what? through rigorous what's counseling gonna do <laughs> you can take them through rigorous rigorous counseling to let them know because there's some that don't actually know that they don't oh, actually so that they can so that they, they can decide to separate yeah, they don't, because no, I'm like they don't know their oh. yeah some some don't know their options some don't okay. know that, oh like uh, you know if you have an SS child this is what will happen this is how yeah you, you're you know there's a lot of responsibility those kind of things um yeah so what I'm what I'm trying to say is that the uh, there's Within the within the various NGOs and communities, there's different ideologies. Mm, um, yeah, different. But I I I think I'm I'm someone that because I'm coming from the UK, where you know it's mm-hmm. regardless of whether you have even if it's two two people that SS that come together and yeah. have a baby, that child will still be taken care of by by the medic um our our NHS. So that's the level that I think governments should come to I guess like you know yeah I think with the essence because for me even though I'm I'm well most of the time and I know how to manage my sickle cell and my crisis I still wouldn't wish this on anybody because it's like I just some of the restrictions so it's just like I think I think it's they should really be yeah. doing the tests more so everyone knows before yeah. they kind of like so everyone knows, like, okay, I'm AS, or, oh, obviously sickle cell people know, and like have that, like, or always get checked because I just think, I don't know, risking bringing in someone that because it's it's more about the, their suffering. Like, we don't know how bad the sickle cell can be, and if they're going to be always in hospital or if they're going to live, you know, a life where they're well all the time because it's such a. So it's I feel I don't know if that risk. I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish this on any single person ever but I also think human beings do what human beings do yeah human beings will always be human I know that I would never ever go and have a child with someone that's AS yeah but someone someone might might trivialize it and think oh it's no big deal I've seen Sharon she looks like a healthy child um you know, so my my child will probably She's fine. Be, yeah, she's fine. She doesn't come the same thing. You know, so and I, I have yeah. seen I have seen couples do that. Yeah. I have seen couples do that. So you're not human beings are gonna do what human beings are gonna yeah, do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's I just so think true. it's important that, you know, the people, the governments, the hospitals need to be on game and be on board. Like don't take the responsibility don't take the responsibility away from them yeah okay so why do you think there is such a lack of visibility for sickle cell like what is your perspective and you can be as candid as you want um (laughs) Um, why do I think there's such a lack of visibility uh there's a lot of reasons really um okay I'll start with us Mm -hmm. I do think there's a stigma there's there still is a stigma on mm-hmm. speaking out about sickle cell um mostly because we do look fine on the outside 
So mm-hmm. if you don't tell anybody, no one's going to know. And yeah. that hasn't, I think that's negatively affected us in a lot of ways because you don't look, you don't look like you have a problem, but mm-hmm. you're dealing with so much at the same time. So how do you, um, like, the, the, I know that when I was, when I was growing up, I was told never to tell anyone. Yeah. I was telling them what I'm going through, like, just so that people would not bring me down, so that people would not stigmatize mm-hmm. me. And, but that didn't work in my favor. Yeah. It never worked in my favor. And, um, that's number one. Number two, I think that, um, race is a thing. No, sickle cell mm-hmm. predominantly mm-hmm. affects people with, with with black or African descent. Yeah, and um, we know that racism has played a huge part in the medical field. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, when it comes to black matters and black issues, mm-hmm. but they're not really heard until we're screaming on the rooftops, basically. Yeah, it's terrible. Not really heard until we're screaming and. Um, up until up until uh, um, 2020, when mm-hmm. we had all these riots and oh yeah, the, the George Floyd the George, George Floyd protests, um, we weren't really hearing much about like Black matters in general. Like, I, yeah, yeah, there 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 were obvi- there were obviously like organizations that were focused on sickle cell but it just felt like it was within their own bubble yeah now now we are we are seeing more like more like oh what are what are the things that affect the black people we want to hear yeah. we want to know we want to see and yeah that, that i think that's where our voices are our voices are slowly coming out into the mainstream i'm seeing more things on yeah on, on on channel four and yeah uh, netflix and like just so many different platforms now um with different things talking about sickle cell so you know um the awareness is slowly coming out there but there's still more that needs to be done yeah Um, yeah and yeah and going back to that like the number three like the the medical field in general there has mm-hmm. been some stigmatization. Um, yeah. we, were, we were deemed as drug addicts. We were deemed as um, we were deemed as people who were lying about yeah. our pain. and all those things don't had no. They never helped us. They never. Uh, no, yeah, and it's I mean, it's just wrong. It's just such exactly. A- exactly yeah. it's it's only it's only i mean last year the nhs released a kind of course for any and um for nurses and any and medical practice, mm-hmm. practitioners to learn more about about sickle cell now <laughs> come on like exactly last just... year the last time we us um people with sickle cell got like an a, a new drug was Mm-hmm. Night, like in the nineties, and that was hydroxyurea. We're yeah. still going right. It's only now that we're seeing clinical trial after clinical trial. Because, yeah, then, yeah, because the medical system is now addressing with the, our needs. Yeah, so, they brought out this. Um, oh, sorry, that uh, crinel, the new one they brought out. Like I think it was in twenty twenty one. Is oh, is Crin- that the? the intravenous the one. treatment yeah because yeah. yeah, so when it, exactly. the news came out like a oh tr- big like treatment and all this and then i don't know have are you have you tried it or i haven't but i am on a clinical trial right now and i mm-hmm. i can say that it's really oh. helped it's really helped me it's a tablet form and okay. it just helps like increase hemoglobin in my blood i've i haven't been in hospice mm-hmm. since september which is great and you know it's oh, really it's helped really me good. a lot yeah um oh, okay they're doing some things exactly it's a double blind clinical trial so i'm supposed to not know whether i'm on the um placebo or the actual drug but because of my like oh. because of my medical results my 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 blood you're was, like was, something yeah, is yeah something's happening oh, that's and, good yeah so there, oh, there are really all these good. things that are happening now and i i think it's mm-hmm. because people are really like 
looking and realizing oh there these are these issues need to be addressed it's just like yeah how maybe a toddler for example um it when whenever the toddler wants to like watch watch something always like mm-hmm. this close to to the, yeah. the screen and you're like <laughs> move away move away you're not like supposed yeah. to be that close. but you're not realizing the toddler actually can't see <laughs> the toddler needs glasses oh to see yeah. that is yeah. kinda, I, I kind of equate that to what's happening in the medical field now before it was oh you guys need to sort yourselves out you guys need to stop like stressing over over but doing what can't much. they see like come on <laughs> but then it's you like... don't realize that we need better <laughs> treatments <laughs> yeah <laughs> like hello <laughs> like come on <laughs> so yeah like, I think now, now but I hope it's here to stay yeah it is I, I think I think it is I think it is because if they can pay so much attention to so many different communities, like in the LGBTQ community and and the Black community yeah. in general, they should be able to pay attention to us. Yeah, because like you said about with the pandemic thing and the George Floyd and how everyone was jumping on, like everyone was just, because I always call like, I feel like people are sheep majority and majority of people just jump on like what everyone else is doing so like with that and then there was all this buy black so everyone was every single like uh (laughs) was just jumping but it was for a very short period and then they forgot about it so I'm hoping that this is actually to stay and it's not just like I'm jumping on this because it's trending and I'm sheep (laughs) I mean and then actually people who are here like exactly like I mean I tend to um see it like from since George Floyd there are people who have really really recognized the systematic issues Mm. like I work for an American television network in the UK I know that sounds really good but every single day day there is a there is a mass shooting story every single day gosh right yeah and it's we ridiculous have one, we've had one recently about a, a young boy who just went to uh, uh went to the wrong house by mistake just to pick up his oh sibling. that really made me mad i, I hope he's, he's still alive and he was shot I in the head twice you know and it's, it's, it, hurts, just... it, it hurts to hear those kind of stories but yeah the, the discourse is different now because it, before 2020 i promise you this story would not have gained as much traction as it does now mm, yeah and i think that's important to notice things are changing yeah it's true people are it's, it's definitely true yeah. yeah people are noticing yeah. things that are wrong people are noticing the things that should be done and yeah you know, the our I think our job because we know so much about this condition, our our job is to vocalize, you know, these our yeah. issues at best. Uh, like yeah, we need to be able to vocalize what what are the issues and what are the solutions. What do we want? Yeah, how do we get how do we get there? Um, yeah, yeah definitely. It's so important. Mm-hmm. And so um, the last question would be, what are your future goals? Future goals? Um, well, I definitely want more stories about Supercell out there in, mm-hmm. in film, in TV. I'm, yeah. I'm working on that as I progress in my career. Yeah. Um, with, with, my my organization i just mm-hmm. i think more people just need to know more about sickle cell and yeah <laughs> you know and, you know help with our comic book push out more more about our comic book and um yeah just learn more and be more integrated into the system you know just the education doesn't stop at start and end on social media i think yeah there are ways we can go out there in in 
and there are systems for a reason. There's education yeah. systems for a reason. There's, you know, governments for a reason. I think reaching out to those people yeah. who are able to reach thousands and millions of people and finding a way to, you know, um, cross-section, basically. Like, oh, yeah, this, this, definitely. Is our, this is our awareness for sickle cell. This is what you do. Can we? How can we collaborate? Yeah, like, bring like, it together. Like, what's the intersection? I think that's so important. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm working on more collaborations with my with mm-hmm. my organization, more awareness stories, and yeah, that's really for it for now. And living my best yeah. life. Yeah, she's yeah, she's living. <laughs> I love that. And thank you so much for joining and sharing your story. I've enjoyed speaking with you and learning more about you. And please, can you tell everyone about where they can find you, your organization, your comic book link? Like, well, I'll also put it in the description. But please, um, tell us. <laughs> okay, so, uh because our first sorry because our first comic book was free we don't share it online because it was like a okay. yeah it was something we printed out and gave to people oh so, so nice our yeah next comic book comic book will be available mm-hmm. online so that please follow us on cells of a generation on instagram mm-hmm. twitter and every other place uh, linkedin or whatever mm-hmm. and you'll be able to find you'll be able to find out when our com- new comic book is coming out Perfect. I'm so excited and I'll definitely be getting a copy for myself. But thank you so much. It's been an incredible pleasure and yay. Stay tuned for the episode. Thank (laughs) you so much, Barbara. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I hope you will continue this journey with me. We will be discussing a lot of important topics and we'll have some incredible guest speakers joining to share their experiences. Please subscribe and like our Instagram pages, Atelier underscore Zimbabwe and Gideon underscore Treasure. Feel free to leave a comment, ask a question. And if you would like to be a guest speaker and share your story, please send me an email. Details in the episode description. Love you and God bless.